0: You're listening to the A Scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good evening, good uh, morning, and good night. What movie are you watching? (laughs) The Truman Show. I've not seen The Truman Show for quite quite some time. What a good. You're getting
1: your fix because his woman from Fiji. Is on the show or what?
0: Yeah, and Ed Harris is in Westworld, so... True. I am getting my So facts.
1: all we need is a good TV show with Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah, all we need is Jim Carrey, yeah. <laughs> He's not been around for a while. He seems to have disappeared.
1: I think he went a little crazy. I think sure. he went to Fiji. This is not the before the after the show discussion, by the way. That pretty much consisted of nothing. You were That just...
0: consisted of me. It's the Rogue One premiere oh, yeah. right now. No uh, one, right, blanked out. <laughs> In Hollywood, uh, the (laughs) red carpet is going on for the Rogue One premiere, so from tonight onwards, people will have seen it, and uh, they might spoil it for you. So stay off the internet (laughs) if you're going to watch it.
1: How do you think they got this podcast? I said... On the
0: internet. Also.
1: (laughs) It didn't just magically come to them.
0: Rogue One um, being the prequel to Star Wars, and you already have... You already have seen Star Wars. You probably understand what happens at the end anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: It won't be at the end. That's the beginning.
0: I'm saying the end of Rogue One. You know what happens. It's just the journey. (laughs) So it is Saturday, December the 10th. This is after the show number 457. We are a podcast. We review a movie every week. This week's movie that we're reviewing is Jason Bourne. It's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray. Uh, it's also released on 4K, Ultra HD, and DVD on December the 6th. What are you, a snake oil salesman? Yes.
1: <laughs> and over here we got the DVD, and over here we got the HD, and over here we got the 3D, and over here we got
0: the... the no 3D, unfortunately.
1: The the virtual reality version. <laughs> Just the three
0: mentioned. Uh, it's PG-13, and it's from our friends at Universal. And uh, talk will give you the synopsis for uh, Jason Bourne.
1: Really? I find it increasingly or decreasingly important. This is not a review.
0: This is the uh, <laughs> know, synopsis.
1: A synopsis of Jason Bourne. If you're already listening to this podcast, that means you listen, you watch movies and you've heard of the Bourne used to be trilogy.
0: Quadrilogy.
1: <laughs> well, now it's more. Fifth, it's a, guy, a five? Pentology. It's a guy who is, in this, this, is a guy who's finding out more about his history that he didn't know, having been roped into this really horrible program where... Secret Spoilers. government agencies are uh, training soldiers and operatives to be like super badass kind of. That's it, really. I mean, born is not deep. We're talking about patriotism, loyalty, and like the use of a country's citizens abuse of against power. another. Yes, abuse of power. Very good, thank you. So, thank you. That's kind of all Bourne is about and about this one man's journey through it all. And this is yet another iteration of him digging a little deeper and finding out more about his past. When you think about it, now we're going to go into the movie part. Uh,
0: Not yet. <laughs> well, that's, that's your it. synopsis. That's
1: my synopsis.
0: All right, so we'll start with the movie portion by saying I am a huge fan of the original Bourne trilogy. I think they are some of the best spy Spy, is it spy movie? Kind of. Yeah. Action, I mean, spy, operative. Operative.
1: But that's what a spy is.
0: They're that kind. I think they're some of the best examples of that. And those three movies are an excellent trilogy, I think. We watched them all back to back when they came out on Blu-ray. And they are, they are really excellent. Uh, the fourth movie with Jennifer... Jennifer. <laughs> with Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy Renner. Um... I felt like that fourth movie was a bit superfluous. Like it didn't really need to happen. Like it, it was just kind of like, oh, uh, it's another—you know—an expansion on things that happened in the Bourne movies, and just some nods to Bourne. And here's a little picture of Jason Bourne. Remember Jason Bourne? That's the—that's the—you know <laughs> that's It was the reason kind of, we're all kind here. of felt yeah. like that to me. It, yes, it had a cool, uh, some cool action sequences, but I didn't come away from it going, "Oh wow, I love that! I can't wait to see more of that one." Now, Jason Bourne, the new movie, the fifth Jason Bourne, well, the fifth Bourne movie, brings back the original director, Paul Greengrass, and Matt Damon is back as Jason Bourne. Spoilers if you've not seen the original Bourne movies. At the end of the Bourne movies, um, he learns all about what exactly he is. The actual three Bourne movies are him trying to figure out what he is and why
1: why he woke up on a ship and then found a thing really tucked under his, under his skin, and he can kick ass, and he knows all this shit, and he can speak different languages, and he knows how to kick somebody's ass, and he knows how to use every weapon. He is basically internally trained to be, like, this it's badass al- soul. It's almost like
0: the Terminator. He just keeps going, and he'll he'll find his way out is of that everything. that the
1: Terminator, or is that the Energizer Bunny?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um... You know, the three original trilogy is him trying to figure that out, and at the end of the third one, he he gets his answer. You know, it's satisfying. You get the answer of what he is. He gets the answer of what he is. Now, in this new Jason Bourne movie, um, there are some more questions and answers relating to who he is. But, (laughs) personally, I did like this movie quite a lot. I think it had some good things to it. But personally, I think it felt like tacked on. Like, I agree. Like um, when the writers were writing this movie, they were like, okay, what's the reason for Jason Bond to come back? We've seen everything. They're
1: focusing it. more on the idea of a modern type of spy world, which, which is technology, Facebook, Twitter, and this other thing, that this fake made up one, but digital spying. Is where they're trying to it's lay all, all the their rage. eggs in yeah. that basket and where they're falling short is they're just retelling us about this guy finding out shit about his past. No, I don't
0: want That wanna, he didn't know. About. Yeah, I don't want to shit on this movie. But <laughs> that the whole scenario around Jason Bourne, why Jason, Why we care about Jason Bourne anymore? He's been hiding for 10 years, um, just out, you know, he escapes the CIA. And he just goes off on his own. And he's... What is he? Like a prize fighter or something? No, nah, he's not a prize fighter. Earning some money to, on illegal fighting.
1: He's not prize fighting. He's just beating the shit out of people for money. For money, like, That's what they grubby. call it, a prize fighter. Don't nah. It. I don't think so.
0: So he's one of these... He's, that, that kind of baffled me a little bit. I'm like, well, he's an intelligent guy. That's not all he can do. <laughs> Surely he can scam some people. He do not have to punch people in the face for yeah, money. Yeah, but
1: that's the thing. He is honorable mm-hmm. to a degree. And he doesn't want to use what he knows and what he can do against people until we corner him you know the story corners him so these men come into these fights to get
0: the story out the story, out of the, him. story okay. the story corners him quite conveniently too right though it feels very oh here's here's a person we know oh here's something going on oh shit now Jason Bourne's involved you know that's how it felt to me and this the writing of this whole thing felt a bit like that um convenient. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. <laughs> like, we want another trilogy, and this would be the reasoning behind that. Because, spoilers again, let me say. Lots of spoilers. The spoilers. Um, this movie focuses on Jason's, Jason Bourne. His father, who was connected to this. Big spoiler. <laughs> and uh, what? No, um, his, his father's connected to it, and... Uh, exactly how his father is connected to it but not fully because you don't learn everything about it I feel that'll be left for the next movie and the next movie <laughs> like by the end of the third in, in I this... disagree
1: with you completely they told the entirety of how his father was involved this, I mean if you want the full spoiler I just spoiler, think there'll
0: be more to it I
1: disagree that. I think they've closed that chapter now we know that we're trying to let him off the hook for having volunteered to do this thing. As we found out throughout. And not in this one. But we have a lot of flashbacks in this one. So we see him doing this. He's volunteering. He's accepting that he's being turned into the soldier guy. Which is only what he remembers later. He didn't yeah. know that he did it. So all this is doing is this little tiny glimpse of, okay, your father made it up. Your father started it. Your father didn't have the guts to follow through with it. He gave you to us, basically. And now he's dead. So get over it and fucking move on, because your dad, we're done with that. So there's nothing else to his past, I don't think, that can link him, unless we find out that his mother gave birth to all That's the barns or something. That's what I'm thinking, it's
0: linked to all the I don't the think barn so. Things, like... I think
1: what we're going to do next is find out that he needs... I think what's going to happen is bring him back in the fold, is the whole vibe of this movie, so that eventually he becomes the guy in charge. And then the whole question of the ethical... What he's doing to be in charge? I mean, that's just the vibe I get. is they kept mentioning, bring him back, bring him back, don't kill yeah, yeah, him, yeah. bring him back. Yeah. So they want him back him in Langley in don't charge it. in ten years. Then he has to send out operatives to do the same shit that they're doing to him, and then he's presented with an idea to start some weird program. And he has to fight the evils of the world, like you know, that's the that's like the, if like, they turn him into
0: Bond. Like,
1: no, not at all. They take him out of the field. That's what I'm saying. He's in charge
0: of no, everything. No, I'm saying eventually he turns into an agent for them again. And uh, he's their main agent, the big one. Like, the I think big
1: temporarily, but ultimately yeah. I think this vibe is we need him. They don't know it, but the world somehow sucks him into being in charge of the CIA thing or whatever. But that's not in this movie. It's just that they keep saying it. That's why I agree with you, but it's a bridge kind of a story. It feels like it. We're introducing you to the idea that we're no longer just going to have him go beat the shit out of people, but all of it's going to be about digital, personal. Absolutely. Yeah, we didn't get to bridge that much in this one. Like the idea that starting with this moment forward, this conversation you and I are having is being monitored. Every single thing on our phone is being monitored. Every single thing on my computer is being monitored. That's the idea of a future world where uh, how will Bourne fit into that when he just wants to, when he's just good at like beating the crap out of yeah, people? Yeah, he's
0: not like a super hacker or any I of mean, that. car chases kind of stuff.
1: do you need when someone's hacking?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just the flavor of the month kind of story. I'm playing a game at the moment, Watch Dogs yeah. 2. That's all about that. You know, it, it's the flavor of the month thing. And it's very near to truth. Like it, in a few years' time, maybe five years' time. Like, hacking and that is going to get out of control because everything can be hacked. Like, even your car will have a computer. The whole thing is like... A car does have a computer. Yeah, but I mean a more sophisticated one that...
1: things of them do already. Where it knows you and you can talk to it. And
0: But, um, so, the Jason Bourne, um, as far as... how, and A problem I have with this new Jason Bourne, it, as I said, I enjoyed it, but this is a problem I have with it. The other three movies were made in the 90s and the 2000s, Right? Um, and they were they were kind of of the day the way they look the way they feel was something that was kind of established with Bourne and other movies tried to copy it now moving on now to 2016 when this movie comes out Paul Greengrass has decided to use exactly the same style because he, he says he said actually in one of the extras I want this to feel exactly like a Bourne movie you need to sit and watch it and go oh yeah that was a Bourne movie Now, the trademarks of a Bourne movie, in my eyes, are people walking and violins playing all the time. (laughs) Right? And they're walking and they're always walking and nobody's ever still. And there's a chase and then there's a phone call, but the phone call's also moving because they're on an escalator or they're... It's always something. It's a kinetic kind of movie. Now, in 2016, watching Jason Bourne... And that being a cutting edge thing back in the day, the way it was filmed, I feel like it feels dated, like I the, agree. the fast camera. I agree. Because it's not shaky cam exactly; it's weird cam. It's born cam. I'd well, I would call it because it's very specific to born. Sometimes it's not shaky cam, but a lot of the times it is, and sometimes it gets in the way of the story. There were there. Was, I actually
1: felt a little weird sometimes. It was too mu- It was too jittery. But, to well, me. I don't
0: think it was. I think it was the same as it was in the other movies because I remember those as well and I said to you the only thing I disliked about the Bond movies was like the camera work was a bit odd and in this movie though there are are portions of this movie where you're supposed to be looking at documents or cell phones and they go out of the way to like move it enough that you can't actually read it and
1: it's blurry and they blur it on purpose don't they it's blurry everything everywhere it's weird
0: yeah it's, it's some strange cinematography um, I think it absolutely works during a fight or during a car chase, which there is a big car chase, that that kind of action camera work works. But when it's just two men walking down a corridor talking, and it's still doing it, or it's Jason Bourne stood looking at some documents, Oh, actually he opens a um what do you call them, a P.O. box or a, a luggage locker in a in a uh airport. Yeah. And it's literally a static scene of him looking at some items. It's like, yeah, and I, I'm like, I, I, don't hundred percent get what these items are. Just keep the camera still for a second. I, maybe, maybe that is on purpose. so I'm not, don't hundred percent know what they are. But then it goes as far to show you the documents, but move them. And back. I
1: don't get, I don't get that.
0: It's style, isn't it? It's I don't, lens no, flare. That's not
1: good enough excuse. Yeah, the lens flare is bullshit because he did it for his own. Personal, I mean, I get it. I don't get it because it's his own personal aesthetic. And he tried to layer some kind of weird artistic cinematography, cinematic bullshit to it. But that's not what it is. You're just being up your own ass. It doesn't really have a thing. If you want to use it to show the state of mind of a character, then it has to be tempered and used wisely when someone's afraid or lost or panicked. That's when you want to convey it. Not constantly, just for your own I want to make it look like a Bourne movie. I want it to look like the others. Yeah, I don't get that because that's just being very, very self-indulgent for, not for the sake of the movie, not for the sake of anything else. Now, people love this movie. I like this movie, but that kind of stuff irritates me. It's like... I don't don't know. know. I guess it would be like when Magritte did the paintings of the people and then put like an apple right in front of their face that it's a really well executed painting and yet he just wanted to put his finger up to everybody and go like, fuck everybody. I just (laughs) want to make my own little statement. Now we all look at it now and go, oh, it's like genius and cool. But this isn't. This isn't like you just stamping your own thing on your movie because you want to make it. Born, like I don't know it just really irritates me and I kept thinking of Lens Flare because I hate that too
0: yeah but it doesn't 100% ruin it because I remember the other movies being like that so yes it does match those but like I say in 2016 many years after this trilogy appeared and the actual fourth the legacy movie didn't have as much shaky cam. it was a lot more static and I know Greengrass has that view of Born that that's what it is walking (inaudible) <inaudible> <I conclusions. laughs> violin. I never, I've never noticed the violin. It's all the time. Like it's all the time. It's like you always should be in a heightened state of. Oh my god! I'm on the edge of my seat all the time. And I guess it never slows down. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you take this character and put him in real
0: world, where there isn't a moment in this Bond movie where some people just take a breath. No, never. It's always you are on, on, on. So you feel by the end of it a little bit exhausted. And a little bit kind of dazed by the camera work. And like I say, the camera work works perfectly fine when you're racing cars down the Las Vegas Strip and the stunts are all going off. Fine. But I do think there's an action scene at the beginning of the movie that takes place in Greece with a motorbike. And I think the way it was filmed, I didn't know what was going on at the time. Yeah, I agree. It was like, hold on a second. Matt Damon's on a motorbike Okay. It looks like he's going to turn left, but now the camera's in the air. Oh, he's turning right. What? It's almost like it was cut together wrong. Like, I, there was times where I was like, I don't even I know where he's going. I thought that too. I thought it was just me. Yeah. I don't know where he's going. Oh, now it's blurry. Is it supposed to be blurry? I don't know. <laughs> like, it was weird. Like, it, it felt like bad cinematography. It kind of took me out of it. Cool. Um, though, the, the motorcycle chase is excellent in this movie. The car chase at the end is one of the best car chases I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's, they literally close down the Las Vegas Strip. They've got a swap vehicle and they've got Jason Bourne in a cool fast car. And it's Fast and the Furious style, literally, like, crazy. I mean, it's not, it's not, and that's one of the good things about the Bourne movies. It doesn't go Fast and the Furious, like, gravity is missing and all that stuff. It's all realism.
1: Uh, I mean, come on.
0: I mean, it's more we realistic. They tried to make you
1: believe that yeah. as that that police vehicle was going super fast, but it never could, so that's not uh, that's not legal in the laws of physics. And also, as it drove through the cars, that they would fly in the air, which also wouldn't happen, because they showed us how they did it, which is an impossibility.
0: Well, as it was happening, I didn't think Yeah,
1: no, it. but it is an impossibility, so you can't say, oh, they've grounded all of Jason Bourne in reality, because they don't. Plus, a man can't fall five stories and get shot and get beaten up over and over and over in the same day. And then all of a sudden have absolutely no uh, little scars and not be like limping or anything. So don't try to pretend like they're really grounded in reality.
0: Because they're not. Well, I have to say what they introduced here in the new installment of Born makes me want to see another um, installment. Because they do leave it at a point where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm actually interested to see where this goes from here. It, it kind of leaves you with a very straight up actually, this is where it's going kind of scenario. I like that. I'd like to see that. So it succeeds in that respect. And it succeeds in the respect for me as it feels like the Bo- a Bond movie because it really does. Like it, They're not like any other movie. It's that moving and no breath and no time for characters to really talk to each other. Jason Bond, Matt Damon, barely speaks in so this So do you movie. think
1: this is about... Like, it's more just about that, that people get off on the dynamic thing of it, or people really care about what I think. Damon wants to tell the story about a guy who is ultimately a patriot, but seen as a traitor, trying to fight against an impossible foe, which happens to be his own country, his government, and how a man could hold on to his own moral code through it all. And still survive, and And blah blah blah. That is the the heart. That's the the heart of it. But because you're telling it with shaky cam and big explosions and cars flying every way and mega fights and constant movement, I think that gets lost. And you don't walk. I go away from them going, yeah. I mean, I this character intrigues me because I, I want there to be this guy in the world. I mean, I want that guy to exist. I don't always remember the shaky cam and
0: everything when I've just seen no, it that was right like, in my face. I do forget sometimes. But. But then it sh- sneaks back at me.
1: But unfortunately, I think the, the heart of it gets lost in all of that. See. Because if you tell Fast and the Furious, which has absolutely no meaning whatsoever in fuck all of the universe, nobody gives a shit about the character. It's just an escapist anything. fun thing. Yeah. There's nothing to it. And unfortunately, because of the way these are made, sometimes I think that happens. People don't think much of the Born story. They just think he kicks ass, cool car races, car chases, you, and that's it.
0: You're not you're never more than ten minutes away from a fight. You're never <laughs> no. more than ten minutes away from a car chase. No. I mean, or a bike chase. In any of the Ball movies, that's what they are. So yeah, they move fast. It's you know I do wish occasionally they would stop and do more plot, you know, plot points. Because somebody like Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. There's a lot going on with his character and his where he is in the CIA and everything. But because of the way the bomb films are constructed, you will never get to know more than a surface thing. Yeah. Because they he Tommy Lee Jones is never going to sit down in the off, in an office and talk to anybody at length about anything because this movie has to move. We can't stop and talk to people. <laughs> We have to be walking while we're talking, and the violins have to be playing. So it's never going to... It's funny that
1: to... I've never noticed these violins ever. They're I mean, always, I know the music, always.
0: but I don't notice it yeah, as violins it's... play. <laughs> it's that, that all the time. like It doesn't stop in this movie. It really doesn't stop. And it's like, there's just two people talking, and... And I'm like, that's not actually that exciting, but it sounds like it is.
1: But remember, one you of your favorite movies of all time has a constant, almost annoying soundtrack. Like, never-ending, depressing music.
0: Punch Drunk Love.
1: No. <laughs> Close.
0: Punch Love. Before, on that, yeah, before that.
1: But that's more appropriate than this yeah. other one. When you watch this one back again. Star Wars. No. <laughs> Magnolia. Yeah, it
0: has it's really like awesome really
1: It's not just awesome. The music, I'm not saying it's not awesome, but in the movie, it wears you out. Right. Like, really bad.
0: Well, well the barn music has only one intention, and the intention is for you to think the scene is exciting. And that's what it is. It's to for you to sit on the edge of your seat going, oh, shit, something's happening. But often it isn't. It just sounds like it is. So it kind of feels disconnected to me. Um, it works fine when he's running, or somebody's chasing him, or, you know, he's going to be sniped at any second. It all works fine in that, but... Sometimes there's two people walking down a corridor talking to each other or using the cell phone, and that music's still on. So it's kind of a bit overused. But I can see where Paul Greengrass is coming from. That is what they created. It's part of the package. It's McDonald's. It's Nike. That's what it is. We have this thing. It's constructed this way. And if we constructed it another way, it wouldn't be it. So you would go, oh, no, this isn't Jason Bourne, so... That's what we're in. True. <laughs> Is that why the one we were talking about, Jade, the Renner one... Didn't feel 100% like it, did it? it did, kind
1: of.
0: It did, but, with yeah. the music and everything. And Moby has to occur also. <laughs> Moby doesn't occur, it's not a Bond movie, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> At the end. So let's move on to the... Uh, actually, the movie overall. The, I liked the plot. I felt like I was watching an old friend... Because Bond movies feel like a friend, like, you know, something very familiar and like some shoes that you've slipped into again. And you're like, ooh, they're comfy. That's what this feels like. It just doesn't feel like it has much substance. It feels like it's a means to an end to get Matt Damon back on the screen and have some action. That's what it feels like. It doesn't feel 100% necessary is what I'm getting at. Like, they, it feels like they had to construct something... Very specially to make it work again. Which, the movie's kind of tied off after the three. It feels like a, a, a full story, doesn't it? it? Actually, No.
1: I mean, it's like it's just the beginning. So I
0: disagree Right, but if it went in that direction of... But this doesn't What feel, direction?
1: What direction do you think it was going at the end of the third one?
0: That he would slip off and <laughs> become his own thing. like Which he uh, did. The fight's back. Well... You know, know, I don't know. I don't know if against the that. angry that that happened, like you know. See, I feel like it was. Which eventually he'll get to do in this, if it carries on enough, like the third movie of this would be him fighting back. Like this is how he's I. He's always
1: fighting back. This
0: is how I see it. The second movie, he gets in, right in there. He's literally in there, like he's, he's sat at the desks. Was he's, a
1: double agent.
0: Right, and then third movie, he gets away from it and takes it down. That's how I see it. That would be satisfying. But this movie feels like a very small stepping stone to some bigger things, like to introduce him again. I don't
1: know if that'd be satisfying. That could be boring, because if we think about it.
0: Well, it it wouldn't be boring, because there'd be so much violins. You'd be loving it. Um, So, the cast, Matt Damon is back as Jason Bourne. He is the Bourne franchise, to me. I mean, without it, it's the Bourne legacy with Jeremy Renner, which is not quite the same. So, I'm glad he's back, as it. But, um, I don't know... (laughs) I don't know whether he'd come back again. I feel like he... His performance in this, I know he's supposed to be all broken, and I don't think he seems quite as enthusiastic as he used to. You know? Mm,
1: I don't know. I think he is what he is, what he would be. A little melodramatic at times, but... (laughs) Um, He's also been potentially fighting for years, physically. Yeah. Training constantly and just surviving, like he says to her, alone for the most part. He's probably found a few women along the way, let's be fair. Let's be honest. But always just beating himself up, 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 up about everything. And so I think that would make you very... Plus, I think they're hinting at him having post-traumatic stress disorder with the flashbacks. Yeah. And just the... He's just never not tense. There's never a moment of, like, smiling or... Relaxing at all in fact when he's walking walking like you say through the crowds and he's supposed to be blending I'm like stop looking so intense because you stand <laughs> out like everyone else is running because mm. there's been something happen in this plaza and you're walking like
0: you just did the thing yeah. I, mean, you need I to, did not like, think that relax. myself you know at the time when he took his hat off <laughs> yes, it's oh, like, he matter. took his hat off and I was like you don't need to take your hat off in fact leaving your hat on would be bad <laughs> just relax <laughs> yeah.
1: Do, stop doing this thing with the arms and like da 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 da, da. so um
0: but anyway he, I think he did good job and he doesn't do a ton of speaking there's not no. much speaking in this movie he moves more he, he runs. did he ever though
1: think about it he didn't do a lot of talking ever
0: well he he not had really. more he didn't in this movie he doesn't have many people to act against because he's on his own all the time so he never really encounters anybody so the, the parts where he does speak is very very few and far between because he has a cell phone conversation at one point, and he speaks to a real human being near the beginning, and then most of the time it's just a, he's on a cell phone. He doesn't really face to face with anybody, so that's partially the problem of why you don't really get to see Matt Damon do a ton of acting, but you do get it. You do get to see him kick ass a lot in this one. True. Sure. Tommy Lee Jones is the new uh, person here. He plays the CIA director Robert Dewey. Um, I like Tommy Lee Jones. Um, But (laughs) I I feel like he was underutilised in this movie.
1: He was in it a lot. He was in it he was in
0: it a lot, but spoilers He won't be in the next movie.
1: But also, I disagree with you completely because I felt like I had too much of him. I was like, I'm done. I get um, it. You're a paranoid old motherfucker who thinks the whole world's out to get you and that this Jason Bourne is just a splinter near your side and as soon as you get him down, then you can tap into this dreamscape thingy like Facebook and like spy on the whole fucking world because you think everyone's out to get you. I get it. After about, like, two scenes, I'm over him. Right, I and that's one of the parts of
0: I liked about him. Because he of felt him. really... Yeah, but he
1: said the same thing over and over and over. He's coming to get us. He's going to bring us down. Yeah, but... He wants to bring us down. He's coming to get us. He's coming to get me. It's like, get over what
0: yourself. What I really liked was his kind of unraveling. Like, he was, like, really cocky and sure about himself. And he kept issuing orders and then he's basically one of those guys who issues orders and sits back and listens to what happens (laughs) true Uh, and he he kept issuing these orders and these orders were never really going right and I could you could see it on his face as oh shit I'm gonna be in a room with Jason Bourne sooner or later and he's gonna kill me like it you you could see it slowly dawning on him throughout the entire movie like I really like the the way that worked Mm, I disagree plus he had his fingers into this uh Mark Zuckerberg guy, pretty much.
1: I feel like he never thought anyone was going to bring him down and that he was going to be the one to bring down the, Jason Bourne, so I disagree with you completely. Oh,
0: I saw the moments in his face where it was like, oh, crap, like, this is going to turn on me. Like, I, uh, it's not... When he got to the Vegas part, it, I was, disagree. it was pretty much...
1: I felt like he was taking a turn of, I'm going to have to take charge of the situation.
0: But I think it was under... I I, I would have used him... <laughs> if this is going to be a trilogy, he is a good head of the CIA for me. Like... You know, I, I would nah. have liked him to carry on being Then there. it just is
1: the same movie over and over. If you have all the same players in place, right? If you got the same head of the guy, you know what he's going to want. You know what he's going to do. You know what choices he's going to make. What's interesting about that? You can't have multiple people in that position. I mean, you got born running through them all, but if everyone's the same, then you don't have a lot of variety.
0: Everyone's I quite liked gonna... him personally. I thought it was a good choice for the head because he, he brings a credibility to it in some way. Because
1: he's an old man.
0: <laughs> and I respect him. I don't know. Like, I like him as an actor, so he feels right. He doesn't feel like, you know. Uh, Alicia Vikander plays Heather Lee. Now, she's the new... Like, she's the new blood. She shows the new blood of the CIA. She's, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is at one end. He's this old guy who's got these old, you know, attitudes to everything. And then there's this girl who's, you know, more techy and young, we should
1: say woman. She is a woman.
0: Yeah. She's young, though. I mean... She's a woman. She um comes in and she's the opposite end of that. And she's kind of, you know, what the bo- what this Bond movie is about. Like, uh, the the technology. And it's a lot different from ten years ago. So, what did you think of her? Ali- she was good. Alicia.
1: She was very serious. She was. So, she needed to lighten up, too. And I, I realise these people are in a very dire situation. And it's a very hardcore... Story, but also in life, even the people you know, we have soldiers right now who will be on a front line somewhere in a horrible situation and able to be human at the same time.
0: That's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like, in this movie, they're peeled
1: away a lot of their
0: personality. No, to anybody,
1: no, you really don't.
0: No, Uh, because you know why? Because nobody can ever have a scene like that. Even
1: Blondie, she's really intense the entire time.
0: Uh, Vincent Castile plays the asset, and he's. There's always an asset in a Bond movie. Clive Owen has been an asset. There's been different assets throughout. That what they are basically are uh, CIA operatives, operatives who don't p- particularly matter by name or anything. To they're just badasses who will take you down no matter what. Right. So mm-hmm. Bond always has to have an enemy. Vincent Cassel is the enemy in this one, and. Um,
1: But he's not an enemy because he is rooting for America.
0: But it's all blurred lines, isn't it? Because you're like, oh yeah, but he's protecting America, but this is not right, what's going on? The
1: deeper idea is anybody, like Bourne, for example, who's trying to undermine the idea that our government should have 100% access to... Everyone's information all the time, not only that, but have complete and utter permission and approval to do anything, to kill mm-hmm. anyone, to destroy anything along the way that in the interest of, from their perspective, protecting America. So anything that's subversive to that at all is a traitor. And that's, this guy is the pure patriot idea. He, I mean, he's French and yet he is, <laughs> not, but, you're going to have that. I he's, would a, he's a
0: worldwide operator. I would assume
1: every every yeah. country has people from every country who yeah, are working with them Because I don't know. That's all all if, I know
0: is for movies. If you're America and you have triple agents, for instance, these kind of people, and you need one to operate in France, and, you know, I mean, I why like wouldn't you from, have a French But this is agent? all from movies. We don't yeah. know reality. But, I mean, I mean, why wouldn't you have all people? Because if you need somebody to spy in, a, in Syria, for instance... And you bang an American in Syria, it seem it's not even a perfect person spy, with, who's
1: faking an accent, right? Doesn't you need seem a right. Syrian
0: yeah. person to blend properly. I always
1: think what I think when I watch these movies and Bond and any other spy movie and any other government um espionage and pl- war movies is we're all so full of shit, right? If it yes, there are people in the world who want to destroy and and bring. I don't know, for whatever their own personal gain or their own ideology, they want to bring other people down or suck up their land or suck up their resources. It's happened from forever, I'm assuming. I have a tribe, you have a tribe over there, and your water is better, so I'm going to kill everybody and come move over where your tribe is, right? Like, or control you in some way so that you uh, do what I want and give me your water. And I think it's always happened. But this idea of now, at this stage of the world... That it's almost like grown-ups just wanting to play games. If you are the asshole who's planning to blow up, let's say, Westminster Abbey, right? You're some asshole from some other country who hates England and wants to bring down the government and bring down the queen or whatever your philosophy is or show what a horrible nation it is, you know, godless, whatever. And now that's your plan. Well, why? What do you... You know, you're... It's like you're trying to play this version of a grown-up that you've only ever heard of in stories and in movies and then seen assholes try to also do it. It's just a big lie. And all this stuff with spying, I just think if all the grown-ups didn't have to lie to each other. And for some reason I thought of the invention of lying because I thought in that world, it's not a great movie.
0: That's quite fun, though. But
1: no one li- can lie to each other. I mean, he invents lying at that point, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but mm-hmm. no, if no one ever could lie to any- each other, and we all just got over all the shit, none of this would... Th- it's all just because another person somewhere doesn't like something. And so they're going to do something violent or horrible to make a point or scare someone into following them. That's all it is. And all of the stuff, all these movies, all the stories, all the real life, spies and government, all that shit—it's just for that, for little tiny ideas. And because there are assholes, right? So then I watch movies like this, and it are—it is people playing a character in a movie, and it's fiction. But I think in real life, if I'm the guy with a woman who's supposed to like, you know. Go, let's say I am French, and so I'm in France, and they've hired me to go and like get a job at this office where they suspect that somebody horrible is owning it and trying to plot something. And so I work there for five years and get all the intel, and I'm I'm secretly feeding information back. I mean, it just seems like a big game.
0: Yeah, so- you know.
1: And I think and when I watch these movies, it just brings that home that I don't know this is highly fictional, obviously, but it really makes me think about it. Whereas other movies like Bond, it doesn't really make me think about that because it's just Bond. But in Born it kind of digs at me a little bit more. Just I don't know why, but...
0: So what do you think of Vincent Cassel on that? Um... <laughs> what do you mean? Because that was the first question. Vincent Cassel, he plays the asset. How do you like him?
1: He's very intense. I think I said that. He's super, like, no sense of humor. No, not that he should have, but no... No lighting up at all. He's he's a man-driven, and that was my whole point, was he symbolizes this idea of this, like, when you when you grow up and you get to be part of this, and then you're going to be able to go spy and bring down the bad guys.
0: That's he, um, all he does.
1: And he's good no matter what he does. I he's mean, a actor famous wise, French
0: actor, actor uh, who American audiences will know because he was in Black Swan, which is a big film. They won't
1: know who he is, though, I bet you. I bet you if asked a thousand people walking on the street, they won't know who he is.
0: No, but he, I've always liked him. Watch the movie Irreversible if you want to see a powerhouse. Or don't
1: if you don't want something really terrible. Yeah, it's a. It is not a light hearted movie either. No. It involves rape, violent, horrible, and violence. And it's weird, but it's good. It's just really intense. Also, it's intentionally made in the beginning. To make you feel ill? Like the it's sounds a, and the the visuals are intentionally yeah, made. Yeah, it's like to an art house movie. Yeah.
0: But it's uh intense performance from Vincent Cassel. He's also really intense in Black Swan, to be honest. So um yeah, I really like him and I thought he was a great choice for this one of these assets because they are they are very specific in these movies and when they come on screen you know that they're gonna be badass, and he is. So yeah, I liked him. Julia Stiles returns as Nikki Parsons. What do you think of her after a Turning Dexter.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's good in everything. So she's good. Again.
0: No. I like how reason. she's very unglamorous in this
1: Unglamorous. Movie. And yeah. um, we have to think, it's ten years later. She also, obviously, has been on the run. Yeah. She has given up any semblance of, like, giving a shit. And she, you know, when she, like, at that hacker place. Yeah. There's no turning back for her, and for whatever reason, I mean, her reason is to expose the, that, what that one guy said, the corrupt agencies that are running everything, you know, for, like, everybody's a puppet, and she wants to expose that. So she's super focused, but again, no lightheartedness. And there's and is no, there, be, there is not one. I, are, I complain sometimes when ever. people put in movies like Volcano or Dante's Peak. At the end, there's like ha ha and smiles, a one-liner
0: or something. Yeah,
1: where everybody's all happy. So I get that sucks as well. But there has to be a medium in there somewhere, you know, like something. I mean, there...
0: this is an intense film, so yeah, it, it doesn't is. feature any getting-to-know-anybody moments. And I like
1: that. What I do love about it is there's no, like, love interest. There's no interest in any relationships. There is nothing except the tango of getting born at the centre of the stage, basically.
0: And then finally, I put down Riz Ahmed, who plays Aaron Kalor. He's the Mark Zuckerberg kind of character. He's in charge of this big company. He's a Mr. Tech, Silicon Valley man. Um, I liked him. Mm -hmm. And he... I bought it. I like that story of like the government messing with that because that's what a lot of people fear. It's not just a story, but no, but yeah. you know, somebody like Google or you know that they're in
1: cahoots with the government, and so right now, app, you know, everything that all the tabs that I have open on my browser, somebody somewhere all tracked, is yeah. watching. Good luck. If you want. Let's see what would they be looking at? Gingerbread recipe. The, my Gmail. They,
0: they would see the outlines of this show. They would see they the would outline of
1: the show. I have IMDb open. I have uh, multiple cemetery tabs because I am doing a list of all the cemeteries in my little tiny county, smallest county in the state, I believe. So if that seems suspicious, ooh, You're, well, why I'm is making this? The job someone, easy someone's going. Them. Why is someone investigating all the cemeteries in Skylar County, Missouri? <laughs> Uh, that's it really so, so if you're investigating me good luck with that I hope you have something I hope you have a little um, I hope you have like Netflix on your phone or something because uh, it's gonna be a boring night
0: but yeah the story to this um, movie and all that Silicon Valley stuff it's all ripped from the headlines it's quite obvious stuff it, it's kind of like what is, Die
1: Hard did when yeah. it's trying when it did the one about we're gonna like kill the grid and like yeah. put chaos because that
0: was the thing that, yeah exactly yeah, as soon as as soon as Somebody said, oh yeah, you know the uh, traffic grid and the uh, all that, telecommunications, it's all computerized now. Then movies started going, oh, it's all computerized, so that can all go wrong, so let's make it go wrong in a movie. And that's pretty much what this movie is, it's paranoia, it's exactly what you would think espionage type movie is all about. Um, directed by Paul Greengrass, he's back to direct this. You'll know him from the Bond series. You'll know him from United 93, which was that mo- the movie about the Twin Towers. And Green Zone, which he also did with Matt Damon, which was literally a Bourne movie. It was a, it was like a it was like a, a non-born Bourne movie. Yeah, it was. I mean, so Paul Greengrass has this distinct style. We talked about it in length earlier. You'll either like it or you'll hate it. I'm a bit in the middle, but I do feel like it's kind of run its course. You don't need to always make the Bourne movies that way. They could be different. Keep
1: the intensity of the Fights in the car chases. Yeah. I don't normally like fights and car chases, but this is the only franchise where I've come around to some degree., um, you can keep that intact, but you need to inject a bit more
0: humanity, bit... yeah,
1: less less chasing the bornness and more. Tell me the story. And I know that he thinks he's telling you the story in this way. So it's a hard argument to make. but
0: I mean, an- another s- franchise, James Bond. James Bond at least stops to, get- to let you know a bit about James Bond or his love interest in a particular movie. At least you know something about them and then you start to care for them a little bit. And then when something happens to him, which it inevitably does in those movies, you at least care. In this movie, because it moves so fast and it and people are pretty disposable. Yes, very disposable. And the, and and you know, key people may die in these movies, and in the next act of the movie, they're never even mentioned again. Like they're gone. Like and it could be somebody. You, you, do you care about them? Was there enough of them there for you to care about? It's that kind of thing in this movie. So it needs more story, and it needs to slow down just a slight little bit to let some story in. But Paul Greengrass, you know, he knows what he's doing with this franchise. It's not like he's, you know, throwing everything in the air and just juggling it around. He he has a plan, and that's what he does. Him and his cameraman. <laughs> it's whether you like it or not, and it will put a lot of people off. I'm sure it put a lot of people off the original Bone film. I don't know. It's made a lot of money. So. Yeah. So uh, extras on this Blu-ray, there are a few. Interestingly, they're, um, like, actually hosted by Matt Damon, who stood on this weird set. <laughs>
1: I the weird set of piles of pallets with
0: lights behind them, and that's it. Yeah, but I mean, Matt, it's like, hi, I'm Hollywood's Matt Damon. I mean, not exactly <laughs> that, but it feels like you're watching something on TV, and he's he's introducing it, um, which I don't normally see for mo- for movie extras. But hey, if you've got Matt Damon, then do, do, use him as as you wish. It has bringing back Matt Damon is born bare knuckle bare knuckle boxing close quarters combat. Underground Rumble, the Athens Escape, shutting down the Las Vegas Strip. They're all part of this Matt Damon hosted thing. They're better than most extras. They actually show you it being filmed. One of the things about these Bond movies that does elevate them a bit above a lot of things is how everything is practical. They don't use any CGI stuff. If they crash a car over a thing, a car went over a thing. They're not messing about. You'll see how it was all made. I actually think the extras are pretty good on this uh, Blu-ray. So, conclusion on uh, Jason Bourne. Was it for you, the return of Jason Bourne, triumphant? Or was it a uh,
1: Those are my only two choices. Oh, Jesus. You, can have in you can have a little in-between there, yeah. is fine. Uh, I will always be probably more in love with the first one just because it's the origin, and I always like the origin story best. And I feel like this is retelling that actually again. I do too. And so, as much as I enjoy it, unfortunately, I'm being conditioned one movie at a time, one franchise at a time, to sit there thinking, wonder what they're going to do next. And I fucking hate that. I think it's really boring. Like, super boring. That's like, it's like reading a book and every page you're just like, oh, I'm pretty sure what the next page is going to say. Why is the point then? Right? What's the point of watching these movies if all you're doing is thinking, what's the next one? Now, on the flip side of that, that's how TV works. And yeah, absolutely. Like TV? It's stranger <laughs> yeah. week to
0: week. Yeah. You know,
1: but it's not TV, it's movies. So, you know, I guess somebody took television, put a magnifying glass on it, and said, we're going to do
0: this with movies. So, you know, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it is a good addition to but the But it made me want to go to back it. and watch the first one. I yeah, think. I think the others are superior to it. I really do. I think the story, that trilogy that they did, is a very good story. It's full of twists and turns. It's exciting. And getting to learn about why, you know, you, you meet this man at the beginning of the first one. He has no idea what's going on, and it just slowly starts to come back to him. I really liked how that works, and that's not how it works now in this. It's different, but it's the same. So, I liked it, but if you're not a Bourne fan, if you had not seen the first any of the others, this isn't a good place to start, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it kind of tries to fill you in at the beginning, quickly, but I think you might be lost a little bit. Like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Treadmill? What? <laughs> you know, Treadstone? Because uh, it shows you yeah. those things, and you have to actually know what they are. It just shows you them, huh? you know the code names on a bit of paper and you're supposed to go oh okay but if you've never seen any of this you would be like okay there's some words on paper i don't get it so um conclusion uh i recommend it if you're a born fan i liked it a lot more than the last born movie the legacy one um but that's mainly due to matt damon so i would recommend it if you're a born fan yeah and if you're not a born well, fan, I don't know if
1: it's just because you're a born fan. But if you like action, you like some fights, you like a little bit of vapidness because it's not going to challenge you too much.
0: Um, they're not complicated, are they? They're quite straightforward, even though they seem constructed. Like because when the you-
1: idea of like an overlord government that has secret, a secret, um, secretly trained army of you know sleeper agents—that's not new or anything. Mm-mm.
0: No, uh, what I mean is. The way they're constructed, you know, like here's, you know, it's fast moving. Here's a computer screen. Here's somebody talking about that. Here's somebody double crossing this person. Here's that. It all seems very complex, but when you boil it down and when you sit back at the end and go, what happened there? It's actually quite straightforward. It's not like, oh, I'm lost. Um, It's just the the try and trickily make it seem complicated, but it's not. Um, So thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, you can win some stuff. Go to aschoolie.com. I'm not sure what's on offer at the moment, but there will be something. Go there, aschoolie.com slash contest and win. Next week's Blu-ray review will be, I'm really eagerly looking forward to this one, Suicide Squad, which is the uh, next in the DC movies after the one we just watched, Batman versus Superman. So uh, the Suicide Squad, we will watch that next week. Movie recommendations, I am going on the theme of Jason Bourne. Some spy movies that I've liked of recent years. Number one is Salt with Angelina Jolie. I uh, mentioned it earlier. It's a really good spy movie. Um Salt. And the other one is The Man From Uncle, which we actually saw this year. Guy Ritchie's movie with uh, a link to this movie because uh, Alicia Vikander is also in it. Um It's a really fun spy movie. And I, you know, I would stick Kingsman in there yeah, as well because yeah. it has like a good spin, a different spin on a spy movie. But um, Man from Uncle, I really enjoyed it. it. Didn't do very well, and people didn't really take to it. But I thought it was really fun and well made. I like Guy Ritchie's stuff. Of course you do. So Mine
1: are holiday theme, one hundred percent. I've already watched Rudolph the red Nose Ranger, the original one from the sixties, uh, you know, stop-frame animation one. And uh it's just as charming and as sweet. Although, the more times I watch it, the older I get, the more pissed off I get that Santa is such a dickhead. Like, he's so mean. Everybody's mean to Rudolph because his little nose is just glaring. Big fucking deal. What is wrong with people?
0: I mean, the, I, the I idea would look at that is, as cool. He's the cool one. But
1: the idea, ultimately, is that everyone accepts him. But only because he can save Christmas. Right. They didn't just accept him because he's little Rudolph. So I just, I listened to the little sin stand- oh, oh, well, oh, oh, if you want to be one of mine, you better get that nose under control or whatever the hell he says. and I'm just like, shut up. I want Rudolph to flip him the little finger with his little hoof, but, but it's still sweet and charming. <laughs> it's a classic. And I wrote a little thing on Facebook that in the past, like when we were children in the 70s, if you miss these, at Christmas time. I
0: never even saw them.
1: Then, what well, was on at Christmas every year, you know, and it had the little spinny thing for the special. Usually on CBS, I think.
0: Spinny thing?
1: Spinny. The logo of CBS spin around, and then you knew it was a CBS special. Oh. And then it yeah, was like, yeah. then you see the snow start to fall, and you're like, oh, that's Frosty, or oh, that's Rudolph, and you know, it's Charlie Brown. um, The classics. Now, I have them all saved and purchased of my own on a hard drive. And they're just waiting on me every year. I could watch them every day. I could watch them every month, but I don't. I save them until Christmas time. So now I have Charlie Brown, and then my other one is Elf, which is a new classic. One of the best. The movie Elf.
0: It's just sweet and kind
1: of dumb and just sweet. <laughs> it's one of
0: the best Christmas. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's it just... is literally when they say like that's a classic. That is a classic. It is because
1: yeah. it's all about just.
0: I mean, like, it's just, lighten up. We're talking about a movie. Like,
1: that's completely lightened up. Then that's it. Like yeah. there's no Jason Bourne. There's no violins. No violence. There's not a lot no. of walking except when he picks the gum up up the the street.
0: <laughs> it's all really funny. It is. It, it's just well written. Old. It's almost old-fashioned, but old fashioned, even for fashion. its time. Like yep. it felt like oh something from years ago. But it, it felt feels like an eighties yeah.
1: kind of a story
0: to it's me. Like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's how it was constructed. Like yeah, like those were the things we loved.
1: Because Favreau was our age. Yeah, and like so he, Trading
0: Places and things like that.
1: Oh, Trading Places. Brewster's Millions. I'm going to have to watch them. those. That's on movies. my list now of annual movies to watch. Because it does end up at Christmas Did Day.
0: you like Brewster's Millions? I always thought that was a cool movie not in really. the 80s. I really liked the premise of that. I thought it was really it's fun. It's fine, but yeah.
1: it never really got me going.
0: That was that and Trading Places, because they were like, oh, what if? Like, that thing has to, you know, I liked the idea of both of those.
1: Right.
0: But they're I mean, not, movies, but they're not Christmas movies.
1: Aren't all movies what if? Yes. What if there was an overlord for the galaxy?
0: But I mean, far, far away. They're a bit more what specific. If?
1: <laughs> what so if those you're... are my, my recommendations.
0: All right, so games and A Scully stuff this week. I've been playing a few games. Number one is uh, Let It Die. This is a big surprise. They had uh, the PlayStation meeting last week. PlayStation PSX, it's called the meeting. And um, they said, uh, Suda51. I'm a big fan of him. He's the guy who made Lollipop Chainsaw. He's the guy who made um, Shadows of the Damned. He also made Killer is Dead. He makes some very weird Japanese games. And I mean, they are very weird. He has a very, very specific thing that is just his. And I didn't even know he was making a new game. And they said, uh, he's making a new game for the PlayStation 4. It's called Let It Die. And, uh, surprise, it's available now. Which is like, whoa, how did they pull that off? <laughs> um, and the other surprise is, it is free. There is no cost involved. So, immediately I went to the PlayStation Store and picked it up. And I have to say, it is really fun. If you're into the Dark Souls series of games, which I am not because I find them very difficult. If I'm
1: just into Dark Souls. Period.
0: <laughs> yes. If you're into those games, um, I'm not into them. I think they're too hard. I don't, I've never liked them. But it is that style of game so the idea of this game let it die is it's tokyo it's slightly in the future the world has gone to shit and there's this tower that's been that's risen up out of the floor in the middle of tokyo and it's a hundred stories high and on the hundredth story is the answer to life and whatever uh you you know Everybody wants to get to this hundredth story of the tower because they've been promised. I don't know, maybe the afterlife or whatever. Like it's like so some, it's the
1: island. I think we've discussed this before.
0: Yeah, so um, everybody's wanting to get to the top of the, this tower, and what basically it is is it's like almost like a game show. Everybody's thrown into this tower with just your underwear on and no weapons, and you got to get to the top of the tower. And on the way up the tower, there are the other people getting up, going up the tower, which are not. It's not an online game. it's uh, they're all you know thrown in there. but you're fighting your way to the top of the tower like this blood spot, like floor by floor. and you'll die a lot in this game and when you die, you uh, can be resurrected by paying some of this in-game currency to resurrect yourself. And the idea is to get to the top of the tower and it's really difficult. I'm talking like I've been to the like sixth level, And it is insanely hard at this point that I need to go back down and kind of grind out the other levels a bit to power myself up so I'm a bit more strong to move on. So it's that kind of game, replayability. Everybody you kill in the game when you're going up the tower, they drop a unique item, which could be a better weapon that might get you a little bit further next time. It's that kind of game. It wants you to keep playing, keep playing. It has that pseudo 51 ridiculous sense of humour. First off, the tower, the Tokyo, it's actually not a tower and a Tokyo, it's just a video game that's not real, and you're in an arcade playing this game, and all that story has been formulated, but it's just inside a video game, that actually isn't real, it could be real, because it's Suda51, but they're saying at the beginning, hey it's not real, you're just playing this game, anytime you can just pop back out into the arcade and talk to your friends, which you can, but You're
1: talking about Inception here. We're inside and yeah, inside and inside inside, inside inside.
0: <laughs> and the guy who introduces you to the game is called Uncle Death. He looks like the Grim Reaper with some 3D glasses on. He rides a skateboard. He speaks, like, English but with a Swedish accent. He's very, very strange but really fun. He says some weird shit to you. Um, it is a really bizarre... If you know Suda51 games, you'll understand what it is. It costs nothing... It's a full game, like it's not just a tiny little shitty game. It's like Suda's next game. It's totally free, and it's on PlayStation exclusive, so nothing to lose. If you like him, go and get go and get it off the store. Other game I've been playing this week is Final Fantasy XV. Now that's a big game. Um, I'm only three chapters in so far, um, so I'll talk about it more next time. But I'm not a massive Final Fantasy fan. I love Seven. I love 7. I mean, it was one of the first RPGs I ever played. I played it all the way through, and I was blown away by it. And I loved 10 as well, which was awesome with Titus. You you watched me play 10, probably, on the P- PS2 times. Probably. It was really, really good. And 10.2 was really, really good. But then after that, it kind of lost its way, and I lost interest completely. 15 is like its comeback to... it. They've kind of westernized the RPG here, which means... All the japanese parts of their RPGs, which is they're made in Japan, so obviously they're going to be very Japanese. They've tried to make it more appealing to the rest of the world, so they've took things like GTA, like an open world. But they've left RPG and the combat that they're famous for in, so it makes it feel a lot different and more appealing to me. I'm having really fun with it so far, so that's Final Fantasy 15. I'll tell you more about it next time because I've really... I'm about four what hours about in... What about my
1: game I've been playing? Forgot about that.
0: Well, you you tell them. I forget the name of it. <laughs> What's it's the name called, of it? It's um, called something quest.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Letter quest. It's fun. Word quest? Letter quest? Word
0: quest, letter
1: quest. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I love it. Well, It's really fun. It's just, you get a bunch of letters, you have to spell the biggest word to kill the little creatures. It's too deep. Not... Is it 2D? Like, scrolling. Yeah,
0: it's just a flat. you
1: little guy, and you spell a word. The bigger the word, and that tells you different things. Like, this one can only be damaged if the first letter is a vowel or whatever. So you're spelling. It's like a
0: dungeon crawler. Yeah. Uh, You're a man. You're, you're fighting enemies. There's well, no I'm fighting. Girl. I'm a girl now. Yeah.
1: I picked the girl. Right.
0: But the whole gameplay is wordplay, yeah. not actual fighting. Spell
1: a word, yeah. and it bangs. It does a certain amount of damage, and then they damage you. And it's very addictive. For me, I'm one of those people. I don't care about getting far in the game, but just doing it over and over and over and over and over. Over,
0: over, over, over. If you're a PS Plus. Yeah, the night, Plus.
1: three hours later, I was like, just one more. Just one
0: more.
1: <laughs> just one more. Just one more. Just one more. Just one more.
0: If you're uh, on PlayStation Plus, on the PlayStation, it's actually a free game this month. I got it on uh, Steam. It's on Steam as well. It's like, it's on the Vita. It's on the PlayStation. It's, it's a really, yeah, it's cool. If you like puzzles, uh, word puzzles especially, like Scrabble or something like that, then you'll like it. Um, and the other thing is that this PSX... Letter
1: Quest Grimm's Journey Remastered. That's
0: it. And the other thing they announced at PSX is The Last of Us 2. Naughty Dog are doing a new Last of Us game. They showed the trailer. How amazing was that trailer? It looks... That is one of the best... It's really good. It literally is one of the best games of all time. The Last of Us. And um this one... Naughty Dog have never let me down. Their games are always amazing. So... We're going to get a new Last of Us. It doesn't say when. It could be two more years from now, but they're making one. They're also making a DLC chapter for Uncharted 4 that features Chloe. So if you like Chloe and you were disappointed that she wasn't in Uncharted 4 very much, you're going to get a whole chapter, well, DLC with her. So that's happening too. What's Fangoolie?
1: Fangoolie is a horror host where he dresses up in a funny costume, and funny makeup every single week. And on MeTV, you can be on any channel, because you, originally you probably had different ones, but he, for two hours, hosts an old horror flick of some kind. And tonight is Weird Woman.
0: Yeah, I I've never... <laughs> I don't even remember the trailer for it. If
1: we follow the trend of a lot of these movies, uh, there may not be any weirdness or a woman. It the, could very well just be a, a tool to get you to sit through a two hour movie. And yeah. Which is not any different than that. I mean we're talking about movies from the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, a few from the seventies, but mostly really old I
0: don't ones. remember what this one was. It looked like a mic. <laughs> Bella Lagosi No. Was that? I think Bella Lugosi might have been in it. Don't remember. Oh no, 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 no. Lon Chaney Jr. is in it.
1: Oh that's right. Yeah. Oh
0: crap. He's in most films like this. <laughs>
1: he was a big deal he was a big deal now in 100 years you think people looking back will go why were they all watching that guy Matt Damon why he was Matt terrible? Damon in every
0: film because <laughs> it seems like Lon Chaney Jr. is in all of those films no it
1: doesn't that's he's an exaggeration in,
0: I would say 80% of the ones I've seen on Sven contained. contain uh, I'd say him.
1: 50, 50 at least 50 yeah. he's in a lot though he is
0: so um, what's for dinner
1: tonight's soup I don't know what else We've got some veggie patty things, we've got some veggie nuggets. We don't eat meat, so it's some sort of vegetable something. But the soup really appealed to me for today. I don't know if you agree. Or would you rather have a sandwich? Soup. Soup it is. And my advice?
0: Your advi- ice advice advice is My advice
1: is, and I, I didn't make this up. I didn't I'm not the originator of this concept. <laughs> if you think I am, that's great. But Let me premise it, preface, preface? Let me start Whatever you want to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Before I say it, in life, there are lots of things to overcome. And I'm talking lots of things from the stupidest, most benign things like, oh my God, you put your socks on, put your shoes on, you start out to work, and there's a hole in your sock. And now you have a problem to solve. Do I live with the hole in my sock all day? Or do I take the five minutes I'm going to have to go upstairs and take off my sock? Right? It's like... A constant struggle of, like, never just moving forward in life. There's always something there to kind of get in your way. Now, from that little tiny nothingness to big things, like having a disease or tragedy or big, horrible tragedies, like living in a country where it's war-torn and... It's like an impossible humanity situation to deal with. So I've never experienced that. I have had a hole in my sock. I've had other, <laughs> like, medium things in life. But... And this sounds really boring, but just never give up. Like, I, I I understand people who do give up to a degree and just sort of, like, slink into a life of, like, well, fuck it, I just don't care, and so I'm gonna drink myself to death or sadly commit suicide or, and I'm not saying that that's just giving up, but I mean, that means that there's something they cannot overcome, you know, that the only option is to not keep trying to move forward. Life is all about five steps forward, four steps back. I mean, it just is. It's the way it is so that you're not making a lot of progress for a lot of effort. I just think that's how life is. But if you just, even in the biggest things, like right now you could be laying there, listening to this, getting chemotherapy. Yeah. And because you're getting chemotherapy means already you haven't given up because you didn't just give up and not do anything. But It's also the the littlest things in that situation or if you're having a really bad time you're in the middle of a horrible divorce or your parents are assholes or it could be something because of your choice you've made you stopped eating meat and you're 18 years old and your parents are giving you shit constantly don't give up just because there's a little bit of force pushing against you because the more times you push back and keep moving forward the stronger you get every time. You're prepared, you're more ready. You're more understanding that, whoa, this one's gonna be hard. This fucker is gonna be hard because you know that other thing I dealt with? That was hard, but this is hard and I'm gonna just keep going. And I think, you know, I haven't been in every situation in life so I don't know what it's like so I can't say in a specific situation if you're actually desperate and need out of life, Because of something really horrible. I can't, I don't judge or anything. I say, do what you got to do. But for everything else, you know, for most people right now listening, there's all tomorrow. And there's a three hours from now. And there's a two hours from now. And there's a next week. And if you just keep going, whatever this is right now is going to be in the past. So just keep, just don't give it up.
0: Just uh, listen to it inside your head, and those violins from Jason Bourne, think of them, and, and just keep, keep moving.
1: moving. <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> be like Bourne. Be like the Energizer Bunny, right? Just be the Terminator. Just keep going.
0: All right, so let me remind you about our website, it's aschoolie.com, siddsaw.com. You catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. Listen on the page, Subscribe. Can email feedback to me at a at a com. Don't email Sid Talk; she uh, doesn't want to be on nonsense. I give up.
1: I give up on you all.
0: <laughs> and stay classy, Mister uh, Matt Damon, because uh, I really like what you do, and uh, we'll see some more born. I'm sure of it.
1: A born, sitting in a tree, kissing. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself. If you don't do it, somebody is doing it for you.